Every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written largely in his works. Virginia Woolf. Hello and welcome to the Turn Right Podcast. This is episode 36. I'm Caitlin, your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about four things that great novelists do. Now, I'm not sure if these are things that really make a book sell necessarily, but this is what a great novel is all about. Great novels all have these four things in common. And the secret is not to always be high concept or to always have a positive character arc or an abundance of red herrings in your work, as some websites and podcasts would have you believe. It's not necessarily the meat that you eat for dinner, but it's the way it's prepared. So number one, great novelists are always highly specific. They all have this in common where they create really specific word choice, really specific imagery that correlates to the theme, to the personality of the characters, to the name of the street, to the school, to minor characters. It all ties together and it's all very specific. I can think of two of my favorite songwriters that actually utilize this technique, and that's Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen. Taylor Swift writes songs like Cornelia Street. She mentions people like Drew and Corey and Stephen. Bruce mentions characters like Madame Marie, Mary, Sherry. And because these songwriters evoke these specific people these specific street names in these specific instances, we instantly have a much better picture in our mind of what the author is trying to tell us. If you contrast this with more thrillers or genre fiction where the authors are just not as specific, we don't have this specific imagery in our heads and we don't feel for the characters as deeply. If you want your reader to care about your character, start getting specific. Second, show, don't tell. This is, of course, one of the most fundamental pieces of writing advice. Chances are, if you've ever taken any type of writing class, this is what they have started out with, and for good reason. This really helped me understand how to be a better writer the first time I ever heard this in high school. But yet you will find a lot of best-selling books have a ton of telling, especially when it comes to things like backstory or minor character development. Now, you take a book like The Silent Patient. It's a thriller, very popular book, and you would think that this book, because it's so fast-moving, it's so highly regarded by many people, you would think that it might contain a bit of telling, but I find that's not the case. The author really delves in to Alicia's head, and we see these specific scenes with Alicia and her husband. We see the specific plot the main character goes on in the feelings he has for his wife and the trauma he experienced as a child. The author just doesn't tell us about these events. He takes us along with the characters on these events. Similarly, in The Wife Upstairs, the same thing happens. We go into B's backstory, how B and Eddie met on this trip at Hawaii, B's relationship with her mother. 
The author doesn't just hint at that. She utilizes B's diary for the reader so we can get actually into B's head and see these different things that happened to her. That's showing versus as just merely mentioning the incident. On the other hand, the story Daisy Jones and the Six, which I found to be kind of overhyped and disappointing, I think one of the reasons why I felt that way was because the author did a lot of telling, which was largely due to the format of the book. Billy, one of the main characters, he was afflicted with drug dependency as well as Daisy, the other main character. Now, I really never understood why they were dependent on drugs other than the fact that they had addictive personalities and were in a rock band. But I wasn't really ever to able to pinpoint a specific scenario as to what really caused Daisy to become dependent. Yes, it seems like she wasn't given much attention from her parents growing up. And yes, Billy's father was an alcoholic and he didn't have a good relationship with him. But the author didn't really take me deep into the backstory enough of either Billy or Daisy. And so I didn't find the book as compelling because I didn't understand exactly how they got to be the way they did. When you take your reader along with the characters and give the reader some time to get to know the characters and reflect on what they've been through, you will increase the empathy your reader has for the characters. Number three, voicey. Great novels are always voicey. I don't care what the genre is, a great novel always has a lot of voice. A great novelist always knows who he's talking to, and that's you. This is something that I think really makes John Green's novel writing stand out, is his voice and how voicey the story always is. The Great Gatsby is a very voicey is a very voicey piece of literary fiction. On the road, oh my gosh, the voice in that story is impeccable. And voice really ties back into this first point about your novel being specific. Your story should have a specific voice to it. And yes, thrillers can be voicey too. I think Paula Hawkins, The Girl on the Train, is an excellent example of a thriller with good voice. So how do you add voice to your story? I have an entire podcast episode on this, but basically it's just the way the character sees the world. It's the lessons the character learns. It's a little bit of the theme and the description of the world around him. It's the distinctive qualities that the protagonist has that makes him different from other protagonists or other characters in the story. Ideally, your character should be learning a lot and evolving a lot throughout the story. That combined with strong, sharp word choice and really knowing how the character would react to certain situations creates the voice. Number four, the protagonist is always an outsider. And this kind of plays into the voice factor as well. But this being an outsider is always crucial to the character's understanding of the truth, which later reveals the theme. It's crucial to have this outsider perspective, maybe even a chip on the shoulder so that the story remains interesting and so that the character has something to evolve around. And if you look at this, not always the protagonist is an outsider, but I think in the best books, that is always the case. 
For example, The Great Gatsby, Nick Carraway is not in Gatsby and Daisy's little clique. He gets invited to the parties, but he doesn't know the secrets. And because he's an outsider, we as the reader kind of have this empathy for him. We all relate more easily to outsiders because even if you are extremely beautiful, even if you come from a lot of money or have a 4.0 in school, in some regard, you always feel like an outsider. And that's why people come to fiction or art or music because it helps them feel more connected to people and less alone. And one of the ways that people feel less alone is to know that there are other people out there in the world that aren't rich and lucky or pretty or smart or whatever it is. So that's why it's crucial to have the protagonist be an outsider. In Me Before You, that story has great voice. Louisa Clark, the protagonist, is also is also an outsider. Um, and Louisa's world is very small, so it's not like she's an outsider at school or anything like that, but she's just very quirky and has her own unique personality. So that can be another way that the protagonist is an outsider. The protagonist may sort of reject social norms or in being accepted, such as Katniss Everdeen does in The Hunger Games. Katniss does have a chip on her shoulder, and she doesn't really want to be associated with the careers, only if she has to and win the game. Stories like Gossip Girl or The Click, where the protagonists are these like popular, uber-successful people. Yes, they have their own appeal in Chicklet, but I don't necessarily think they are great novels, and that's because of this factor that the protagonist is not back from the story, is not learning these things, and is really too accepted to be relatable to many people. It's tricky because you want your protagonist to be likable enough so that your reader can root for him, but you also want him to be removed enough from the story that you can tell it well and that the protagonist is learning things, and also so that he's sort of this underdog, outsider mentality. Those are four things I think that every great novelist does. Every great novel has all four of these elements, in my opinion, and I think this is really the key to writing a successful story. As you may notice, this is kind of high-level advice, and I did that intentionally because I think that no one can really tell you exactly how to write your story or exactly how to execute it. So I would be where I would be weary of any advice that does suggest that. Look for common themes amongst successful writers, look for common trends, analyze those and try to apply them to your own work. But every writer is different. Every story has something different to bring to the table. So don't be afraid to be unique and take a little spin, a little twist on all of these elements and make them your own. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave me a review if you did. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. As always, keep writing, keep reading, and keep querying, and I will talk to you guys on our next road trip.